Welcome to Small Town Stories, where local librarians host discussions with members of our community, past and present. Princeton is located in southeastern North Carolina, population nearing 1,400 people. Our little town is growing, and our hope with this podcast is to connect friends and neighbors. Join us now as we collect and share our local stories, embracing life and our little spot in this world. Hello, this is Small Town Stories from Princeton Public Library, and I am a May. Co-hosting today is Hilda and Landon, and our guest speaker is Hope Doherty. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I was really excited to have you out here to talk about your book. Aside from being our faithful pals leader, that's Princeton Area Library supporters, you're also a successful author. So can you tell us a bit about when you decided you wanted to write books? Well, I've always been interested in books. I was an English major in college and I taught English on the college level for several years. And in the back of my mind and in way down deep in my heart somewhere, I always wanted to write a book, but I just, I, it was too scary, too daunting. <laughs> and uh, I satisfied myself with writing essays and interesting pieces for newspaper, local newspapers and local magazines. So I did that and um, didn't think I could write fiction. I was also, after I taught and started having children, I started staying home with my children and focusing on them. And when our first daughter was uh, just weeks away from high school graduation, I thought, ooh, I'm working myself out of a job because her sister and brothers would be following right after her. And I knew that I didn't want to go back to teaching, even though I enjoyed some aspects. I didn't enjoy it enough to go back to teach. <laughs> so I wanted, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on writing. I'm going to make that my career now. And I had just finished a Bible study focusing on the, the life of Moses for the whole year, school year. And I thought, oh, I'll write something about Moses and send it to Guideposts magazine. Some people are familiar with that. My yeah. parents had it. And... Yeah. So I thought that's what that was my plan for that summer. And instead of writing about Moses, I immediately started procrastinating and thinking <laughs> about when we took a home exchange, my family took a home exchange to Ireland in 2007, and a scene popped into my head, and I could hear the characters speaking, and I thought it was the coolest thing. They were in a cafe, and I just abandoned the Moses idea and started writing down <laughs> everything I saw, everything I heard in that Irish cafe. And that scene that I wrote about on a yellow pad, because I didn't even have a laptop at that time, became an early scene in my first novel, Irish Encounter. For the record, I'm very glad she wrote that instead of a book. As much as I love Moses, that was a very enjoyable mm -hmm. first novel. Okay, you know. thank you. And that is like a wild ride to go from teaching <laughs> and then procrastinating. And now you have a book. Mm -hmm. or you got your idea for Irish Encounter and you wrote it on 
a yellow legal pad and then I would yeah. transfer it into a document in the downstairs computers <laughs> right off the kitchen. You didn't write the whole book in the legal pad though, right? I wrote a lot of it that way. Oh, wow. And one time when I was speaking to a group of freelancers and I said something about, you know, and then transfer, writing on the legal pad, then transferring to a document, they all groaned. <laughs> and I went, but wait. <laughs> it, but when I did that, it was like another draft. Yes. So then they understood and it wasn't that bad. Now I don't do that anymore. But that's how I wrote the first one, because I didn't know any better. After that, after I started with that, I, I was still scared about it, and I wouldn't even call it a book. My children called it a book. Oh, Mommy, what are you writing? Mommy's writing a book. What about our book, book, book? I called it my writing project for a long time, and then found out about a, a writing conference in the mountains, Asheville of North Carolina, and I thought, oh, that's easy, I can drive to it. And that's where I started meeting people in the writing business, the publishing business, editors, agents, other writers. I went in 2010. Do you think you'll spend the rest of your life writing? My husband has no plans of retiring, so <laughs> I guess I will have to, um, keep up yeah I mean I I still have ideas and it's fun I enjoy it so until I have something else to occupy my mind maybe grandchildren <laughs> I, I yeah I don't see I don't have plans to stop right now mm -hmm. awesome. you skip a question but I have a question that sort of goes with that from what Hope said you said you may write the rest of your life have have you ever thought of writing like your own memoir or something nonfiction. I have thought about nonfiction subjects, yes. Not really a memoir. People who are really close to me can pick up on little Easter eggs. Some people call them Easter eggs in all of these novels and they will say, Oh, I know that I remember when Hope did that or I remember something, you so know, from you're already in your novels. So I, some things, for example, in Irish Encounter, there is a street named Quinn Lane, and our sons are Lane and Quinn. And when I was writing Irish Encounter, I really thought it was just for me at the beginning. So I did things like that to amuse my own self. And so there are things in there, I think there's another street where we lived in, in Pennsylvania. I used that street name. So I. I don't particularly write stories from my life, but I use ideas that people may recognize. So you my wouldn't answer, write your own memoir. No, but some things are already in some because memories. Because you've already added a lot of yourself in your books, mm -hmm. you would be really good writing somebody else's memoir or history or something. And that that could be a possibility, but mm -hmm. right now I'm. I'm doing fiction. <laughs> I'm involved with fiction, yeah. So in your time writing after you quit teaching, was there ever a point where you had doubt about writing? Or you thought maybe like, oh, I can't do this? Landon, <laughs> I still have that every time I sit at the computer and the screen is blinking at me. And it is truly, I mean, you have an idea, but getting from the idea to... A really wonderful sentence on paper that's a process mm -hmm. so what keeps you going through it through like 
any doubt you may have. I just like uh, finding out what the characters are going to do. And I, some of you may be familiar, people either are called pantsters or plotters. And if you write from an outline, you're a plotter, so mm. you plot it out. If you write from the seat of your pants, <laughs> you're called a pants. Now, some people are kind of a hybrid. Between. I was hearing plot, like you're plotting along. P-L-O-T-T-E-R, <laughs> yes. I was like, and, you're just gambling along. <laughs> so when I am writing, it's almost like I'm reading because I don't know exactly. Now, I write romance, and if you read romance, you know that the overarching storyline is boy meets girl, they are attracted, there is conflict, and then there's the happily ever after. So they get together, or mm -hmm. it would not be called romance. Mm -hmm. So that is the overarching outline that I work with, but I don't have a plot mm -hmm. when I begin. I have an idea, I may have a few ideas along the way, mm -hmm. like I know I want to work this in, but or that in but I don't have what every chapter is going to be the story grows yes as you write that makes me think you write a book over a, a long amount of time yes of time if something happens in your life during the time that you're writing it or something you notice have you pulled it in to the story that you're writing like been immediately affected and like oh that would fit good in my story, what just happened. Or something that happens in real life and you think, well, my characters are going through that too. Mm -hmm. I think I could. I can't think of something that happened in a story. More times than not, I would save it for something else. And, you know, because it might not Just file it for work. later. Uh-huh, it might not work in the actual story. But getting back to that other question about... Uh, so that's why, Landon, it... It, it's difficult sometimes. You sit down and so I don't know what is going to happen today. Okay, I need you to talk to me, characters, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And because if you've read any of my books, I, you know I write from a Christian worldview. Prayer is, is heavily in my <laughs> toolbox. Mm -hmm. So that is the main thing every time before I begin. Sometimes when I have writer's block, I just have to get up. If it lasts too long, I'll get up from the laptop and I'll go do something active. Mm -hmm. Take a walk, ride a bike, maybe cook something, go swimming, something that frees my mind up to start thinking about possibilities mm -hmm. of something else. While, while my hands are doing something physical, my brain can still be thinking, processing. Okay, interesting. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, you mentioned a little bit about how there are like different ways to go at writing, mm -hmm. like the by the seat of your pants yes. or plotting everything out in mm -hmm. excessive detail. What do you think it means to be like a proper author? And do you think you've gotten there? Oh, a proper author. Or a successful author. Well, when I first started going to writing conferences, I was shocked at people who would have three or four or ten novels and I'm thinking, oh, wow, you look like an ordinary person. You're not <laughs> Stephen King or Karen Kingsbury or Leon Moriarty, you know, any of these big names mm. that you think of. And I think most people think of success as being either you're, you're making a ton of money or you're on the New York Times bestseller list. Those are 
um, ways to say, yes, she's made it, he's made it. But there are tons of people who have written books hmm. that you may or may not have ever heard of, you know? Uh-huh. And so I think that has been one of the eye-opening things. And when I realized that just regular people write books, then it seemed more attainable to me. Mm-hmm. For me, being a successful author means that I am writing the stories that God gives me and I'm being faithful to getting up and going to sit at the computer and getting the story in there because I don't work for a boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to put a timesheet in. Yeah. It's all me <laughs> making me go and work. So for me, I'm saying, okay, I've gotten seven books published. That's that's a, a, a cool accomplishment. That is a big accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like dedication to the craft for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is what's yeah. considered successful. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that for yeah. any creative yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah. that success if you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Especially know. if you like like you said, you sit in front of the computer and every time you do that you're faced with like this apprehension. Fear. Yeah, fear, <laughs> apprehension. <laughs> and blank page. Yeah. But you've published the terror of a blank word document. But that, I've heard other authors say the same thing. Yeah, well, you've done it once, but who's to say you can do it again? You know, there's no guarantee. You would think it would get easier. I would think so, too. And, I mean, I know something. I know that it can happen. If I just keep plugging away, I know that at some point it's happened in the past, so it should happen now. But there is no guarantee. From the, from the artistic perspective, I always I have that fear too of like, but it's more so of I'm putting a little piece of myself out there into the world, and what if it's rejected? Oh, absolutely! Like they liked my first painting, but they might not like the next one. And for me, I mentioned that I was teaching, and I taught literary <laughs> books. I taught real literature and when I say that my husband always gets a little bit irritated at me but I but I think Hilda you know what I'm talking about you know I'm not writing Jane Eyre I'm not writing To Kill a Mockingbird I am writing entertainment and yes it has a Christian perspective so there's a little there's a deeper thing there there is you know I, I hope that my books will point people to God but it is not <laughs> You know, I'm not writing a literary classic or something that will it's become a, a literary masterpiece. Class. But it is a be- they're they're beautiful and they have their purpose in this world and they serve that purpose. Thank you. <laughs> but when I began, I really had to. I, I it was a struggle because I did have that teaching literature and now I'm writing romance and not only romance but Christian. <laughs> Romance, which is almost like a double death nail in a lot of circles. So that was really something that I had to deal with, truly. But now I've come to that realization that you just said, Hilda. There's a place for every kind. You do it well. I have read some Christian romance that is almost like reading the same thing over and over and over again. I've read, um, I haven't read the newest one yet because I'm waiting until right before the event that we'll talk about later. Mm But they're all different, and they're all good. But I've read just, what do you call it? 
conveyor belt type oh, books. Oh, yeah. Okay. You um, know, and, and Boy Saves just, Girl, Girl Falls in Love with Boy, and it's the same same beat throughout the whole story. Yes. You can pick up on authors. Like, authors have that. One person, if there wasn't a person with gray eyes in the book, then that author didn't write it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. Read some it's, romance, Landon. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might enjoy and it. Th- that's what I had to think. You know, I don't enjoy horror. I don't enjoy, there are several kinds of genres I don't enjoy. So mm-hmm. I, I try not to take it personally. I mean, I'm coming to that. When people say, ugh, romance, mm-hmm. then I think, okay, I don't like that kind. He doesn't like romance, and it's fine. Thank goodness there are all kinds of genres that everybody mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. can choose from and enjoy. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to make you read a romance, no. London. I do Thank have. <laughs> I do, although I, I do, you might be interested, I do have some men not my family mm-hmm. who read my books, so just FYI. Mm-hmm. They pass the man test. Yeah. <laughs> they pass the man test. So, Hope, was or is there a person whose advice on writing you hold in high esteem? You know, I can't think of one person right this minute. On my website, however, hopetollerdoherty.com. Which we will link. <laughs> I do have a page and it has a list of craft books, writing books that I've read and I am I've gleaned a lot of important information from. And so you can take a look at that. They're they're really wonderful writing teachers. Take a look at that page. Are they more to writers specifically or just to being create just to Creativity. Most of the people I have on that list are, yeah, they're more writing. Writing mm-hmm. specifically. Okay. Yeah. We will do that. Yeah. Do you have any advice for aspiring writers that might be listening? I think it's really, really important to read a lot, <laughs> read all the time, especially in the genre you are interested in writing. And read, especially current ones, because you can see what the industry. Is, is is accepting now and that changes all the time or not changes in a big way but just you know the fluctuations and then write every day or write as often as you can if you are if you aspire to write write don't call yourself oh I'm a writer just be writing just do that just do it and carve out time and it might just be 20 minutes a day or 20 minutes every other day but just like an athlete um, practices, what is it called? Exercise. Exercises. <laughs> or or does his craft. Yeah, I am not an athlete, clearly. But you know, a piano player practices. practices. You know, you yes. do it and you you hone that muscle. And the same thing with writing, you have to practice. The other thing is I, I mentioned going to a writer's conference. Meet up with other writers. That's so important because you have to get your your group. You have to build community. Writing is such a, a I will start to say lonely, and it is lonely, but it is a one-person job usually. Um, most of it happens alone unless you have a writing partner. So you need to find out that you are not alone. <laughs> there are other people with the same struggles. There are other people figuring out, you know, we'll have tips for you. 
So I would do that. Um, you don't have to go to a, a big conference. If you look around your local communities, there are other people who are interested in writing. Johnston County has Triangle East Writers, mm -hmm. and we meet, we meet once a month at the Smithfield Library. So you can find writers most so you're, you, you have three three things that mm -hmm. you recommended. So as a writer, or creative, as a writer to read. Yes. So to, so I think you could apply the three things that you told us to any creative art. Yeah. Writing or painting or drawing. Mm -hmm. So for writing, it is to read. For art, it might be to observe art. You know, mm -hmm. over and over, mm -hmm. and then. To actually do it, don't just talk about it. Yeah, to set exactly to have self discipline and set time aside to actually work and practice on your craft, and then to find community, find mm -hmm. like minded people that can encourage you. Yes. So those are your three top things. Yes. I think that would work for any creative endeavor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. What order should readers enjoy your books in? All of my books are standalone, even the last four. And the last four are a, a series, the Forever series, but they're all standalone. The first one in that series, however, is Forever Music. And then the novella, A Hatteras Surprise, is second. And then third is Forever Home. And the last one that just came out January 23rd um, <laughs> is Forever Free. So that, that's the order of that. And before the series, it was Irish Encounter, Mars with Venus Rising, and then um, Rescued Hearts. Rescued Hearts is my only romantic suspense. You might like that one because it's got some suspense in it. Mm -hmm. And I had to um, interview Sheriff Bizzle and some two undercover uh, sheriff's deputies. So just FYI, Landon. <laughs> That is an interesting... You interviewed two <laughs> undercover... Mm -hmm. How? How did they allow you to do that? Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm so glad you asked me because Sheriff Bizzle was very, very kind and gracious. I had written Irish Encounter and Mars with Venus Rising, but they were not published. I'm not even sure I had a contract at the time that I got an interview with the sheriff. I called him up and he allowed me to come. We had a great talk and he was the one who connected me because I knew that that was a piece, that the character was an undercover deputy and I had no clue about any <laughs> of it, just what I thought I knew. And he connected me with two. One was a woman, one was a man, just getting ready to retire actually. And they were also very gracious in giving me time to answer questions and talk about what they do. That is I, yeah, wild. I did that. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I interviewed people about guns because there is a little bit of a gun thing in there. And I remember saying something about, well, because you know, when you write, you want to try to hit all the senses. Mm -hmm. So smell, and I thought, ooh, I want the bullet to come in and hit the wall and I want it to shatter. So you hear the explosion of the shattering and then also smelling the gunpowder. And they went, no, no. You <laughs> it's smell not the, the whole West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would just hit into the, the wall and make a hole probably because of the plaster or whatever it's called. And this gun smell would be at the gut where the gun went off. And I was like, oh, I was so disappointed. <laughs> but I needed to know that so that a writer, I mean, a reader reading that would not 
get to that point and think, oh, she doesn't know things she's talking about and throw the book away mm -hmm. and not finish because I didn't do my homework. I didn't do my research. People that know things do critique yeah. a lot. Oh, because yeah. when I read historical books, I 100% am critiquing. I'm judgy. When they're talking, <laughs> about, talking about the clothing and, mm -hmm. and different things and things setting on fire that should not be caught on fire. And just, yeah. yeah. So, so it's very good that you do ample research. I try. Yes. <laughs> So those are the, th that's the order. That was the original question, <laughs> and I got you so off. So Irish Sorry. Encounter, or no, you would suggest the reading the Forever series first? Or going in the order that you writ wrote them? Um, I, I don't know. It, you I said they were all standalone. So yeah. typically, typically yeah. whenever I'm getting to know a new-to-me author, I typically do not read their first book. Because it's very hard to judge an author on their first book because it's their first book. <laughs> it's like it's like your oldest child is the one you make all the mistakes on, right? The rest of them are perfect. <laughs> the rest of your parenting is perfect after you do one not. <laughs> but generally, you know, we do practice a lot of ideas with our oldest child. And um, so with your first book, so one of my favorite authors that I discovered a few years ago is Stephen Lawhead. And I read the first book I picked up of his, I was blown away. I was like, it's wonderful, wonderful. So I read several, several of his. Several years into my relationship with him as an author, I picked up his first book. And I'm reading it. <laughs> and I asked my friend, is this his first book? <laughs> it's good, but it's just not Stephen Lawhead good. And so, you know, it's like I, I could see him in there, but his writing had not developed just tell people to read whatever they want to read. I think so too. I think reading the back of the book will help you. For example, Irish Encounter has a widow and she has children and I know that does not appeal to a lot of people different ages. When our daughters, when I first started, our daughters were younger and Hattie said <laughs> and Hattie said Mom, if the if this wasn't your book, I wouldn't have read it. Because as an 18-year-old, she didn't want to read about a 40-year-old who had an 18-year-old, you know. So that didn't appeal to her. And I think different books will appeal to different people. Some people don't like suspense, so they probably no. won't pick up Rescued Hearts. But all of them, like we said, they're all standalone, and any order would be... It would be fine. If you read the series, you'll meet all of the siblings, the four siblings in that first forever music. You'll get a little bit of an introduction about all of them, the Daniels siblings. Yeah. And Irish yeah. Encounter has exchange students because when mm -hmm. I first read that, I'm like, Marco, this is us. <laughs> like, this is us. I'm like, look. Yuri is in there. Like, she absolutely yeah. is. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Our exchange. I'm like, look, Yuri's in there. Our exchange student. And it was just so cool. It was like, I've never picked up a book and felt like, you know, part of my life was in it. I've connected to books before, you know, and I've I connected so to people. Saw that yeah. I absolutely oh, no, it was, it was just her. there. Yeah. It was there. It was like, well, oh, because, you know, our girls loved her. Yes. And I thought, oh, I'm going to use Yuri. And I just, I remember her, she was in my mind when I was writing that character, absolutely. Because you're, yeah. the girls at the church and you're, you know, like they became her best friends, our exchange student, mm -hmm. Yuri, 
you know, became best friends with her. And it was so wonderful because she was such a shy Mm -hmm. person. Our other exchange student was very social. We had people from all over the world at our house that year that Magda from Poland was at our house. But when Yuri was there, she was very quiet and she made friends just right in the town. And it was so sweet and I loved it. It was it was really fun. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. So, Hope, this is your turn. The mic is yours. So you can tell us about your latest book release and the <laughs> event we're going to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Forever Free came out January 23rd. It was published, and I, I'm excited, too, that it became a number one bestseller on Amazon so that was really cool the launch team worked really hard and and made that happen so February 29th leap day (laughs) we're gonna have a book signing book event here at the library Princeton Public Library that evening at 7 o'clock and just a time to um, if, if anybody has questions about that book or the whole series or the writing process, whatever questions like that. I, pl- I plan to have some of the recipes mentioned in the book to serve as snacks. So just a little food? A, a fun time. <laughs> yes. Yes, we'll have food and just a fun time to celebrate, you know, the end of that series. I hope people will come. So this has been fun. We could talk about reading and writing all day long. Thank you for coming out. I had so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> small town stories brought to you by the passionate individuals at Princeton Public Library. If there is someone connected to Princeton you would like to hear interviewed, send us an email. We love connecting with each other and our community and hope you will join us next time.